0: La, 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 the Inner Wealth Podcast La, 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 the Inner Wealth Podcast, la la la, inner wealth Podcast. La, 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 the Inner Wealth Podcast You know what day it is Inner Wealth Podcast Meditate and give So manifest the greaterness And things all good cause I say it is Investing in your inner wealth Real generational wealth is mental health it's an inside game, no toxicity. Let's talk and more listening. Ladies and gentlemen, and now we're introducing David McCullough, founder of Inception, the first mental health gym. The, 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 the inner wealth podcast. The inner wealth podcast. The inner wealth podcast.
2: All right, everyone, welcome back to the inner wealth podcast. This is actually season two. This is the beginning of the season two Wealth Podcast. Um, and I wanted to actually kind of recap season one and also go over um, really the main episode that I want to really kind of refocus on is Awakening from the Trauma Matrix. And I also do want to um, address some things. So currently, obviously, you've haven't seen my co-host uh, Elizabeth for a while, and she has since moved on, and we wish her nothing but the best. So the Inner Wealth Podcast still keeps it moving, though. And as I talk about too, the Inner Wealth Podcast, I just want to talk about how it was born. The Inner Wealth Podcast is a Inception based podcast. And Inception, if you don't know, is the first mental health gym, um, and we talk about that on my journey. And I'll kind of go into detail on that, too, on some of some of this episode is my journey from from the first company that we had, which was called Neuro Fitness Center to creating inception and how I got on that journey. So as we talk about start breaking breaking back down the matrix um, in the movie, The Matrix, Neo is having this awakening and during having this awakening, and these are all spoiler alerts if you haven't seen the movie, I recommend that you see it um, to turn this off and go see it first before I talk about this. But in this movie, it's kind of similar to The Wizard of Oz. It's really kind of like the 21st century Wizard of Oz. And this movie, for, for since I've seen it, has always been like my, my guiding force to spirituality. Um, Obviously, you know, heavily influences with the Bible. Um, I wouldn't say the Quran, but have dabbled in that some as well. And some other spiritual practices as well. And the spiritual practices from that movie has really helped me to elevate and understand my journey. Um, so let's kind of talk about some of the different scenes in that movie and some that we didn't really talk about an episode the first uh, awakening from the trauma matrix episode we'll talk dive deeper into some of those scenes that were that we talked about on that episode we'll just go a little bit deeper into it but so neo on that 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 movie morpheus gave him an opportunity and that opportunity was to understand himself but in order to understand himself, he had to do one thing, which was he was actually seeking out Morpheus. He was seeking out answers for himself. He, Morpheus just didn't find him and Neo was not looking for him. And along the way of the, the healing journey that I found is that when people would bring others into Inception who weren't open to it and they kind of drug them in, they never really got the same type of response as a willing participant. That's why it says, what you seek is seeking you. So Morpheus was seeking Neo, but Neo was seeking Morpheus. So you have to stop looking at trying to get people to see what you see. You only need to focus on those who are actually on the same path and journey as you. Or there, those who are looking to get on that journey, because if you don't, it's like oil and water. It's there's a Bible verse that talks about don't be equal unequally yoked with unbelievers. Um, the reason is because again, if I if I if I call for a Lyft or an Uber, and I get into that car, and I know my destination or where I want to go, but I'm looking at the app and I'm seeing this person is going totally opposite the route than where the the directional um, lift guide is taking us and where I want to go. And that's a conflict. And that's incongruency. We don't match. And you have to be with someone. Whether it's what, whatever type of relationship we're talking about. You have to be with someone who's going on the same path as you because if you don't, there's going to be more conflict because, again, hey, Lyft driver, this is my destination. Where are you taking me to? You're taking me somewhere that I, I, I don't wish to go to. So in relationships, we have to be with people who we resonate with. Those who you resonate with are on the same journey with you. And sometimes, though, sometimes you can be somebody who's, you get kind of taken off path to understand that, no, I don't really want to go that way. Sometimes you have to go the wrong way to realize that you're going the wrong way and no, that's not where you want to go. And that's what we call that contrast. Contrast gives you the ability to know, you know, again, knowing what you don't want and knowing what you do want. And that's, that's highly important to know the, the, what you don't want and what you do want. So again, Morpheus was seeking Neo. Neo was seeking Morpheus. And when he he started taking him down that, that journey of coming out of the Matrix for the first time, Neo was on a table getting work done. This is after he already took the pill. And he's getting work done. And... He tries to, you know, he's trying to open his eyes and he tells Morpheus, "Why, why do my eyes hurt? And Morpheus says, because you've never used them before. Let's talk about trauma for a moment, and this is going to make a correlation to that. When you experience trauma, your brain is going into a state of protection. I've said this a million times. This is the very basic understanding of trauma. We talk about, we're going to talk about only three, even though there's more. We're going to talk about the fight, flight, and freeze response. These are all instinctual brain patterns that the, the brain will go into, will activate for survival. I call it a protection algorithm program. That's, that's my own brand of it. The protection algorithm program engages. So when we're living in these environments that we live in, let's say we lived where there's a lot of gunshots or violence, the brain is going to go into that state of protection without your conscious participation. Let's say you lived in a home where there was constant remarks of abuse or um, you know, being made fun of, uh, neglect, Your brain is going to go into states of protection based on the stimulus that's in the the environment. So when your brain is going to those states of fight, flight, freeze, you have obviously fight. You're going to fight the situation, flight. You're going to run, freeze. You're going to numb out. You're going to or you disassociate. Basically, the system is overwhelmed that it has to shut down. Freeze is the last-ditch effort for survival. So again, like I said, these are all protection programs, right? So when you, when you, when you live in these environments and so you have constant stressors in the environment that's constantly throwing the brain into these protection algorithm programs, all of a sudden, the brain will associate whatever is in the environment from light, sound, taste, smell, so I say if you heard gunshots and it was very traumatic for you, what you heard or you saw somebody shot or you saw something just horrific happening, everything that happened in that environment at that time, the brain stored that in memory. Specifically, let's say a song was playing, the brain stored that song along with the, the traumatic event. So now when you hear a song, you are what? You're triggered. That's where we get the term triggered from. You're triggered to now the brain is going to activate going back into that protect, protection algorithm program as if that event is rehappening, Because the brain is about what? The brain is all about survival. So it's storing those things to protect you further. So let's say that um, same thing goes for smell. You can smell something that can trigger you. And I say it smelled like gas outside. So now, even when you go to the gas station, you start to get anxious. Why do you start to get anxious? Because the brain has, again, made that correlation to whatever thing traumatic that you went through. So you got the hearing aspect, you have the smelling aspect, and you also have, I mean, Obviously, if you were tasting something, I say if you were chewing on a piece of gum, at that point, you can never, you can possibly never like gum. Because, and I'll give you exact, exact example. When I was younger, there was a woman on my street who gave me a, a banana. And turns out that that banana was rot, rotten. And I ended up having food poisoning. I remember being like probably three or four years old. And I remember being in excruciating pain and vomiting for a bit. And when you're at that age, three, four, that's very that can be very traumatic to you. It definitely was traumatic to me. So even though I've since worked through those traumas, I still don't like bananas. I can eat a banana, but it's not my go-to thing that I'm a really go-to, right? Again, the brain still has that somewhat of association. I can look at them, I can pick them up, I can eat them, but it's not like, It's not like something I really just want to, oh, I just would love to have a banana. My mother, uh, she cooks banana pudding. She makes them without the bananas for me. That's still, I mean, just this past uh, holiday, they had banana pudding. Well, they actually didn't have banana pudding. They had a fruit salad that had bananas. And the first thing I did was look at the banana and say, well, well, y'all got these bananas in here. So, again, it's going back down to how trauma works and making these associations. So trauma can block you as you move forward in life and how you perceive things. So when you think about Neo telling Morpheus, why do my eyes hurt? He said you never used them before. Because in that matrix, that was all a facade. It was non-reality. So when you're stuck in a trauma pattern, you can perceive things as threats, like a banana, like a song, like a smell. You can see those things as threats, even though they aren't. You've never really seen life through a lens of How it really is, you've seen it through the lens of your protection algorithm program. You see it as all threats, trauma actually will move you. It will it will dissuade you from doing certain things in life. Because again, it's about the brain and its protection. The brain and the protection is about your survival. And I like Dr. Gabor Mate's quote, which says, anything that is wrong with you began as a survival mechanism in childhood. Again, we can go down the the rabbit hole of how fight, flight and freeze works, because when your brain goes into fight, flight, freeze, you start to lose uh, your ability to digest because digestion shuts down. Your immune system, that starts to be compromised because, again, we're using, the brain is using the energy for survival, not for digestion, not to fight bacterial threats, not to solve math problems. Another part, part of that is your brain is shutting down. The brain, the brain is not interested in those things at that time. We're only interested in survival. And many of us have been living in a survival mode. And because we've been living in survival mode, we have never really truly seen how the world is. We only see that we are in danger. And Dr. Bruce Lifton talks about there's two states of um, operation in life, whether that's growth or protection and you really can't be in one or both or both at the same time. There's one or the other. You're in a growth phase or you're in a protection phase. And so when we talk about the protection algorithm program, we're talking about how you're still stuck protecting yourself from things that no longer serve you. So when I talk about awakening from the trauma matrix, you have to go through your childhood what did I just say that Dr. Gamora Mate says? Anything that is wrong with you began as a survival mechanism in childhood. So you have to go back to the childhood and revisit that. And you have to revisit, it, revisit that on all levels. You have to revisit it in terms of the household you lived in, the street you lived on, the school you went to, those are all just those are all just environments so the question is what were in those environments that caused you to go into survival into the protection algorithm program and today if you look at yourself today and where you are in your life how have they steered you to not live the life that you want to live to be the person that you want to be? How have they moved you and guided you away from those things? For instance, I hated my math teacher because he just, I don't know, I just didn't like the guy. It was some things that he probably did that I, I just can't remember, but I didn't like that person, and that started down the road of me not really caring about math. But the one thing that rings true is that I played with Legos as a kid. i I really like building things. And if you go into Inception, again, that's our mental health gym. Me and my mom, we built Inception. I built a whole nother location too. That's a whole nother story that was not Inception-based. It was a totally different brand, but had the same type of elements in it. But we took a floor plan out and we constructed that thing in terms of like doing a floor plan, working with the architect, picking out all the materials. We did the I want to call it just interior design, but we, we, we not decorating design. We designed the whole thing. And to this day, I can look at a lot of structures, a lot of interior. I can look at outside architecture and architecture and I, I get excited about those things. I'm really excited about building the next version of inception. And I thought to myself, it was just today. Actually, I actually thought to myself, cause I follow a lot of pages, design pages, I said, man, I really could have been an architect. And, hey, I could have been. But you see how the the trauma moves you away from something because I felt threatened by a teacher that I had that moved me away from going down that journey. Now it's up to me. As you can see now, as I've gotten older in my adult life, Yeah, I use math in a lot of different ways, even when we had the design inception. Had to do floor plans. When you're doing the floor plans, you gotta know, you know, width, height. You gotta you gotta draw everything out. You know, you have and you need exact measurements of things. So now I'm getting you see how when I began to heal my trauma, I start moving towards things that I was afraid of. It's because I'm actually starting to see life through a lens that doesn't have the trauma on it. So that's that's one scenario from that one scene. Like you can go through the matrix and you can pick out little little pieces of it and you can go down a rabbit hole of each one of them. And I was just one of them. Hey, Morpheus, why does my eyes hurt? Sorry, you never used them before. You think that you're seeing life, you know, you're seeing through a lens. But is that life? No. That's just a lens. And a lot of it is your protection algorithm lens. So let's let's continue on. Where there's another scene where. Morpheus tells Neo. He apologizes to him. This is after. Now again. I've said this probably on the, the, the very first awakening from the trauma matrix. But we'll dive deeper into it. Is that. Morpheus brought Neo out of the matrix with Neo's permission. He wanted to be, he wanted to come out of the matrix. He wanted to see what that was. And he had a hard time realizing that what Morpheus was telling him, that what you knew to be life is a lie. That's not the truth. And what I just said about all these protection algorithm programs, when you can get the brain and a body to start to come out of that pattern, all of a sudden you don't just see the things that are the glory. No, you see a lot of grief because you've lived your life in a way that was conducive towards keeping you safe. But you can be now 30, 40 50 years, but you've never lived your life the way that you wanted to live it. And there's grief associated with that. There's a lot of grief associated with, hey, man, a lot of my behaviors and actions have been based on survival. It's been based on protection, not growth. Remember, we talked about Bruce Lipton. There's only two modes of living, protection and growth. And if you've been in protection, all of your behaviors, all of your purchases, all of your friendships, you've picked them out of protection, not out of growth. So how has that limited you? And sometimes, I mean, you can hear this message right now. You can start going down that in your mind. You say, man, this, the person I'm with currently that I'm in a relationship with was based on me being in a pr- state of protection, not growth. And that's why you probably have a hard time with your relationship or you feel suppressed in your relationship or oppressed in your relationship. It's because the relationship you chose, again, was based out of something that happened to you in your childhood. Our decision-making is definitely altered by, again, our desire to protect ourselves. Because trauma is not what happens to you. Trauma is what happens inside of you. Trauma is about what's going on after the event take, took place. And what did I say happened after the event took place? You want to fight or flight or freeze or fawn. You moved out of social engagement and you moved into what they call sympathetic dominance, which is, again, fight mode, flight mode. Or you moved into what's called dorsal. Dorsal is freeze. So now you're numb. You ever seen people where they have cuts on their arms? They're cutting themselves. Why are, they, why are they cutting themselves? Because if they could just feel something, why can't they feel something? Because freeze numbs you out. And a lot of people may not be to the degree that they're cutting themselves, but they can definitely be trying to feel in other ways. Maybe they'll go, I need to go and uh, jump out of plane. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with jumping on a plane, but they start looking at the behaviors of why you do things. You know, you need to do something. You need, what a, you need to be, again, we'll talk about it from a man's standpoint. I need to have a woman who activates me, bring me alive. Well, why aren't you alive? Maybe because you're in freeze. Maybe because you're, you're numb and you're disassociated. So you need some type of adventure to, to, to get you up, get you going. But what you really are seeking is regulation within your nervous system. So as I'm saying all these things, people are starting to think, they're starting to think about their life. They're starting to think about, man, is this person good for me? Why am I with this person? Oh, that makes sense. And when you start doing that, you have grief like Neo. Man, I used to, I used to eat at that coffee shop. And Morpheus says, no, you didn't need to eat at that coffee shop in the Matrix. It didn't exist. There's grief. Associated with your past life and the decision making, you know, decision making that you that you've made, and so he had a hard time realizing that the things that his past life was was just really based on for us, let's say, in this life, based on choices that weren't really us. And Morpheus apologized to him. He said, "I'm sorry." We typically don't bring someone out of the matrix after a specific age. Think about think about people you know who are older and they're stuck. We always think you're stuck in your ways. You heard that growing up? We've all heard that. You don't you don't want to get a man or a woman after a certain way age because why they're stuck in their ways. More than likely, they're stuck in their trauma they're stuck trying to protect themselves. So that's why it's harder for a specific age to come out of the protection pattern. Because I've protected myself in this way for, let's say, if you're 60 years old, you protected yourself for 60 years that way. Or however long, let's say, when this trauma started to happen. Let's say 40, 50 years. Say the trauma happened at 10 years old. And let's say you've been protecting yourself in that same manner for the last 50 years. It's hard to come out of that pattern at that point. It's not impossible, but it's hard. And that's why Morpheus had to apologize to Neo. We typically don't take someone out of the matrix after a specific age because the body, the mind, has a hard time letting go has a hard time. Now, all of a sudden, I'm going to live my life in this state of growth versus protection. But I've been stuck in protection all this time. So that's that aspect of that part of the movie that always struck me and stood out. When people talk about bringing certain—I'm going to bring my mom. I'm going to bring my dad to Inception. It's like, yeah, great, but make sure that they're, one, doing what Morpheus did— and NEO did. Make sure they're seeking for it. Not that you just want to bring them because you, you want them to change. Hey, listen, they Listen, they feel like they're good in their state of their protection algorithm program. I don't want to do anything different. I'm going to stay stuck here. That has nothing to do with your healing work. You got to do your own healing work. Don't worry about other people's healing work. Worry about your journey. Think about your journey. Mind your business. Minding your business. Your business is you. We even call it a business entity. You are a business entity. This is your business. This is your mind. Mind it. Focus on you. Focus on what you need to do. Your parents' healing won't heal you. Nor will your spouse's healing heal you. Healing takes place on the inside of you. And only you. So now let's go back to that. Let's go back to the movie. Let's go to the part where Neo is going to take, or actually he's going to. Morpheus is taking Neo to see the Oracle. And again, I I went through this on episode the first time. Let's revisit. And and I'm and then when I'm when I revisit this, I'm gonna take you down a a journey of mine. Cause this is a very this is one of the biggest parts of it. It's very important. Is that so Morpheus decided to take Neo to see the Oracle. And the Oracle was this great and powerful woman who was gonna give Neo, and so we think as we're watching the movie, give Neo the yay or nay on whether he is the one or not. So she he goes in, starts talking to her, and one, she shows him a sign up on the door, and she said, you know what that says up there? She says Latin. Stands for know thyself. And she starts to talk to him, you know, about himself, and she said, well, what do you think about this whole one thing? Do you think you're the one? He said, you know, basically he said, and that's paraphrase it. He says no. You know? He does he didn't really believe it. Actually, no, he didn't say no. She asked he asked her that and he started to she started to say, Well, listen, you 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 look like you're looking for something, but but no. No, you're not. And she really didn't tell him he wasn't. He disagreed with he knew that he wasn't the one which made sense remember what the sign on the door said know thyself so if he felt like he wasn't the one then guess what he wasn't he wasn't the one and then the journey began the real journey began from there of finding himself and so in talking about that script I want to you know, that that scene. I want to go down a journey I had when I was probably 16, 17, where a friend of mine came to me and he brought me to uh, this church. Wanted me to go to this church with him. So we went to this church and very uh, non-denominational um, Pentecostal-like church. You know, they, they're doing things like speaking in tongues and prophesying and all of these different things. So I went to that church and I was I was on my journey was seeking. I was seeking myself. Kind of like Neo. I'm going down my rabbit hole and I'm seeking. And I spent a lot of time at that church and you know I had some good times, but then I I really started to notice certain things within the church um as I got older. Probably was there about 4 years. Very close to the pastors Pastor's sons. And as I'm at that church, I noticed it's like when I started to become like 19, 20, something clicked in me where I started thinking for myself. And as I started thinking for myself, I started questioning a lot of things that was being said to me. And they weren't really even biblical questions, they were more so just about behavioral things. And I'll, I'll get to one main part of this is that when I started to do that, my eyes started opening because, again, I started seeing for the first time. Before I wasn't seeing, I was seeing what I was conditioned to, to see, not what I was seeing through my own lens. And so I'm, as I'm going to this church, I start seeing um, a lot of manipulation taking place cuz one thing's that one thing that remains true if you whoever you hand over your consciousness to prepare to be used and they used to use prophesying as a way to manipulate people to do what they wanted them to do and say it was from god so that had my mind really twisted up and i definitely was in a matrix At that point, because I felt like almost like I could not move without hearing a word from not God, but from them. I needed to hear. I needed clarity. I needed I needed instruction. I needed guidance. But that guidance wasn't coming from me. It was coming from an outside source. And that got me really twisted up. And there's so many other stories I can share within there, but I'll give you the main one is that, um, you know, I had saw that there was, a, there was a guy in the church who we brought to the church, me and my friend Hakeem, we brought a lot of people to the church. Because if you know me, you know that if I, if I have a positive experience with something, I'm going to bring a lot of people with me. That's just always been the case. And so we brought people to the church. I brought a a good friend of mine to the church. Um, And, you know, we brought this one gentleman who actually had, he was 19 at that time. We were all pretty young. He had rental properties. And since we're all a part of the church, we're very codependent to the pastors. It's the proper word to use. We're codependent to them. And we don't really have our own boundaries. And we don't have our own boundaries because we're codependent, so whatever they say they want, all they got to do is prophesy to us, we'll do it, we'll listen, we won't we won't challenge it because we won't go inward ourselves and kind of figure out, is that what I want to do so because again, we're looking for external validation from these people. so we will, his name is will, who actually had these rental properties. He let the pastor stay. In one of their rental properties for free for months. And at one point, Will and his wife had sent them a letter saying, Hey, you um you gotta leave the rental property. Like we've you've extended your time, like I said, time is up. We need you to we need you to be out of this property at a, a specific time frame. Boy, did they get mad. They got mad at him and and his wife. To the point where they kicked him out of the church. They kicked him out of the church and they ostracized him. They, they had all of us turn on him because they, they spoke a message against him, really. He's not welcome. You know, he's cursed with a curse. And we're talking about people who um, this guy brought his own friends to the church that he grew up with. And guess what they did? They turned on him, too. So I don't know the full story. I just, at that time, I just know that, wow, that's what happened. And I'm just going along with it because, again, whoever you hand your consciousness over to, prepare to be used. And so I just went along with with groupthink. Oh, that's what he did? Oh, wow, okay, yeah. Like, go along with what they say, right? And then I started to really, again, the veil started to to drop. The veil started to drop and I'm getting older and I'm starting to come into my own consciousness about myself. And my own consciousness to myself felt like that wasn't right. To the point where I had a dream. I had a dream that I was at. My old high school. I was at Saint Martin de Porres, and I remember I walked outside in the back, and I saw Will, I saw the guy that kicked out of church, and you know I was talking to him, and I was just telling him like, man, I didn't think what they did was right, whatever, and you know, and I and I tried to make amends with him. I tried to patch that up because I felt like that was done in error. So I had that dream, and you fast forward probably two months after I had that dream. I'm sitting at the barber shop, and me and my boy Hakeem, my boy Hakeem is in the chair. He's getting his hair cut, and this is show you dating Gus, dating I had my next tail. He had his next tail. We used to chirp each other, you know, the chirp, chirp. So Will comes walking through the door. So I chirp. I'm like, chirp, 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 chirp. And he's looking at me like, man, what's up? And I point down like, hey, look, look who just walked in, Will. And, you know, I was like, man. So I, I decided to get up and walk over to Will, and I, I apologized to him. At first, I just was like, what's up? How you doing? Whatever. He's like, you know, oh, I'm doing good. It's not I'm doing okay. And then I just told him, I said, man, I, I want to apologize to you because I felt like what happened was wrong. I didn't have the full story on it because I never heard his side of the story at all. I just went with, you know, what they told me, right? And so, again, I apologized to him, tried to make amends to him. Hakeem came over. We we chopped it up with him. Hakeem apologized to him. And next you know, we, because Hakeem, we, again, God took me to the church. Was my, that's one of my uh, good friends since I was six years old. So we hung out later that day. And I said, man, well, who who are your friends? And he said, man, y'all was my friends. And I was like, shit. So whoever you hand your consciousness over to, prepare to be used. We went against this man and buried our own truth and knowing what's right and what's wrong because we let somebody else dictate how we should think and feel. And the reason why I'm telling this whole story is because it goes down to the oracle and Neo. He wanted to be validated by her. The difference is the oracle would not do it. She would not do it. She did not take him in and manipulate him and use him. She could have took him down a road and started to try to say, well, you think you're the one. Let me let me take you down here. First, you need to pay me, you know, this amount of money. I can take you through the one training. Right. No, she didn't do that. She simply told him what he needed to hear. See, because a good leader will always point you back to yourself. Because. What's what's on the sign on the door in the kitchen of the of the the Oracle? Know thyself is up there. So after that event took place with Will, we we never got back cool again to the point where we were hanging like we were used to or anything like that. Like that 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 damage had really been done. That trauma had already been experienced for him, which which was which sucked. But at least I I know I did the right thing that I felt was to do, was to apologize to him, and not even probably a month after that, and I would probably have to do a whole episode just on spiritual abuse in the church that's That's a whole episode because after that event, um, I remember talking to a, a friend of mine who went to the church with me, who I brought to the church. And I told her, I said, you know, I saw, I saw Will and his wife, and I said, you know, what they did to him wasn't right. And I said, I, I don't really care if they know that, and I don't know why I said that because I don't think I expected her to go back and say anything to them, but I said that. It's like I don't, I don't care. I, I know that that was not right what they did because you're talking about Will. Will was 1920. I'm 20. Twenty one, maybe twenty twenty one. We're twenty one years old. We're kids. I look at twenty one year olds now. Y'all really kids compared to the kids that we were. Because every generation is just like we're we're not getting more emotionally intelligent. I don't think you know. I think we're 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 going we're going backwards. So at twenty one, they kicked this man out of church. And you're talking about people in their forties, forties, close to fifty. Like, you should know better. But they are just acting out of their own traumas. Very narcissistic. Narcissism comes from a lack of love from a household. So these these are just cycles. And then you got the people who come codependent. You got a lot of people in in leadership, not just church, Organizations, leadership organizations that are very narcissistic and are very abusive. And then you have the people who are codependent to them who allow them to do it. See, narcissism has no power when, 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 the, when you're not allowing that person to abuse you because you have boundaries. And so I and Hakeem at that point in time, we started to get come into our own power of ourselves and know what's right or wrong and not agree with everything that you do. Just because you're a leader don't mean I have to agree with everything that you do. So next, you know, probably not two months later. And it might've been even quicker than that. Me and Hakeem get an email from the, from the church in and it in a read Antioch church membership, like cancellation like like almost like we were a part of the sam's club or something like they sent this as a subject line and i'm reading they're it saying you rebelled against us you you uh we housed you and fed you and you know you turned on us like sons of cora and i just remember calling hakeen because they sent us the same email and i'm like man this was ill this is ill but you know what the other side of that was? I was so happy. I was so happy. Because I was now out of this abusive relationship. I was kicked out. I needed to be kicked out. Because if I didn't kicked out, actually I was moving to Miami, so I was already leaving. But I needed to be totally excommunicated from that group. Because they had sucked me dry. They're energy vampires. Me and Hakeem, we we were there for years, and basically we saw it. they just they would just abuse everybody who come through that door. They abuse them in, in whatever way that somebody can give to them. They would they would just take 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 take. Here you had a congregation probably no more than at the one point in time 50, 60 people, and the pastor decided to well God told me to leave my job. God told you to leave your job, your good-paying job, that's you're supporting a family of, like, five, and now that burden is on the church to take care of you. Do, you? do people not realize that a church is a nonprofit organization? That church is not there to build up leadership so that you can have an extravagant life or that you can just take care of yourself. That church, a nonprofit, is there to serve a purpose. And that purpose is typically outside of your needs. It's the community needs. And that's not just a church, that's just a nonprofit in general. But you have a lot of nonprofits, including churches, which is a nonprofit, where the leaders are living off the fat of the land. They got houses, they got cars, they want jets, but the congregation, They're suffering mentally, emotionally and spiritually and definitely mentally because you know why they're suffering? Because if for any leader to want a jet or a Bentley or any other thing, you know, extravagant purchase for you, the people are donating the money to you. They're donating the money to you so that you can be a good steward and do what's best for the collective. But you're not doing what's best for the collective. You're doing what's best for the singular. That's narcissism. And many of you are sitting in organizations, and I'm not just talking about churches, organizations where you're being abused just like that. And the reason why you're being abused like that, because you're still seeking for your own power and validation from these people. That's not where you get your validation from. Go down Neo's journey. He had to go learn some things and then he had to put them into practice. And then he had to be keep going down the, re- the yellow brick road and understanding that it's him. He had to go through those things to build him. I had to go through that. I had to go through getting kicked out of church to build me. Go look up go look up what happens when you're when you're excommunicated from a tribe or a group. There's two things that typically happen. Either one, you um you commit suicide or you lose your mind. It's not a technical term. Go crazy. Well, yeah, because you're you're abandoned, you're rejected. Specifically too when when that If you're talking about from a church standpoint, you're not just in there mentally, emotionally. You're talking about spiritually, like God is not happy with you. Do you know how much a a mind F that is? To feel like, oh, they didn't kick you out of church. God kicked you out of church. But I never felt that. I didn't believe that. I knew at that point in time there was so much incongruency and so much abuse happening that I can see it for what it was. It was time. Good. I was already leaving. Thank you. And so I moved down to Florida after that. And a lot of people would probably say, Well, David, well, you you got kicked out of a church, man. You must have, you know, like, do you still go to church? Did you, did you lose your faith? Like, no, I actually went to another church. And this church really helped me in healing. It really helped me in healing. It was a lot more freedom. There was a lot, there was a lot of uh lot of good connections and relationships. It was the relationships that helped me heal. I won't say it's the church. Because what do we keep saying? Oh, what is the church? Oh, it's the people. Oh, but no, it's the relationships. And there were a lot of relationships in that church. Pastor Bobby, Pastor Clarence. That helped me. You no, know, even Bishop, he helped me. They saw stuff in me. And they they they, they helped me bring out me. But at the same time, at every level, at different levels, the abuse or the uh, manipulation—it was—it was overt before. It's very overt. Like you can see, you, you, anybody with a right mind can see. Man, they abusing you. <laughs> and and one of my friends, my friend Hakeem, his dad saw that. He's like, man, they abusing you at that church. We didn't see that though, because we were younger. But when you go, when you go diff, uh, to the next level, the abuse becomes more covert. And you can't see it, and I started seeing it more, not really for myself. I didn't really feel abused or m- manipulated at that next church. I mean, it was some things that I really didn't agree with, but it's when they kicked when they kicked they were kicking my a friend out who's a roommate who's a roommate of mine. They kicked him out of church, and they had a meeting, and we were at the meeting again i'm at that point in time I'm probably about twenty four and I'm like. Is this what they did to me when I was at the other church? Like, they kicking him out? I was like, wow, this this is not right. So, I end up leaving that church. So, you're talking about two communities in a five-year time frame that I, one I got kicked out of, the next one I left willfully, but damn near should have just got kicked out because it felt the same. You're You're excommunicating yourself from people who you, you loved and you spent a lot of time with and you know these are very this is a very short version of these stories and i'll probably shoot write a book or something like that to tell, tell them it more in depth but um that happened and i left and that's when you know the panic attacks they started coming again yeah i didn't realize that i was traumatized I was traumatized the first time. Now I'm traumatized again. That's why the pandemic, a lot of us are traumatized because anything that happens too soon, too fast, too sudden is considered trauma. One minute, I'm spending three, four days at this church. I'm acting, everybody knows me. Ask Jesse Wu. Jesse Wu. She went with me, she didn't know what happened to us. When I left the, sec- the second church, she, they told them that we went, to, we went to Canada. No, we left. We left willfully because what I saw wasn't right. Now, again, in hindsight, I can look back and see why they might have done what they done. But I'm like this. Aren't we a church? Like, don't we supposed to be living above and, and, and be held to a certain standard? Shouldn't there be a, a certain code of ethics and conduct? I mean, we, we're supposed to be representing this force that's so good and mighty. And here we are so egotistical and hurt. Why? Because we inherited our traumas. You can go to church and do all that singing and dancing you want. And I've seen it. You, you still got to do the mental, emotional work. You still got to do the mental, emotional work. I've never met so many passive-aggressive Christians because you ain't done the work. You keep going to a Sunday church ser- service thinking that listening to somebody read a scripture and song and dance is going to get it, and it's not. I've been there. I've seen it. I've seen all of y'all. I've worked with a lot of y'all. How y'all, how y'all under uh, leadership... Where well, the pastor can't even slow his mind down. He got racing mind thoughts. He don't sleep well at night. Well, how in the world do you think that this man is going to give you the word? And what's first of all, he ain't giving you the word. The word is in you. You're supposed to remove the, the, the blockages to being the word. I mean, look again, I said on a previous podcast, you are life itself. I'm going down this whole rabbit hole because Neo in the Matrix, he had to get to the point where he saw what he was and who he was. And it didn't and couldn't come from anybody outside of him. Go look at Wizard of Oz, the man behind a curtain. Some of y'all pastors is the man behind a the curtain. They just blowing smoke. They're not. they not. That's not it. And all of them are that if you think that they're, they're the ones that's going to get you connected to yourself. They, they won't. Is you. You are home. You only lived in one place. That's inside of your body. That's where the kingdom is. The kingdom of heaven. Seek ye the kingdom. is inside of you. It's your whole body. You have, a, what, 75 trillion cells in your body that's duplicating on a moment-by-moment basis? Think of how your body operates to keep you alive. This protection algorithm program that I'm talking about, that's encoded into your body. It's not a bad thing. The problem is, is when you're stuck. When you're stuck and now you can't see through the lens of life. You can't see through the proper lens. You see through the protection lens. So now you're overreacting on things or now that, you know, look and think about cancel culture. Everything that we say that that's 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 uh, a Offense to people, we want to cancel them. Canceling them will not get rid of your triggers. You have to do the work. I'm, I'm not offended by anything some comic says or anybody says. That, 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 that don't offend me. Racism in terms of somebody calling me a nigga or something like that, that I didn't care less about that. Like that. That don't do nothing for me. What I want, don't want you to do is try to block my opportunity. You can call me nigga all you want, but don't block me from getting a home loan. Don't block me from getting a business loan. Because there's a difference between racism and prejudice. And we're all prejudice. prejudiced. This, this is all mental emotional. And ain't no difference in any organization. There's mental emotional issues happening in any, every organization. There's narcissism, there's codependency in every organization. Our country is ran under a white supremacist narcissistic system. And we, as black people, and now every other culture has their own thing, but I'm in this culture, I know this culture, we are codependent to it. We we want reparations. We want them to give us stuff. We want our oppressor to heal us. And I'm not saying that we don't deserve those things. Because they've done it for other cultures. But man, at some point, we, we got to stop asking and say, forget that. We, look how much resources we have. I mean, look, this. this, this look at, I mean, everybody want to talk about sports. Let's not talk about sports. Sports sports is so small when it compares to what we collectively can do as a whole but we can't we can't do that collectively as a whole if we're stuck in the protection algorithm program cuz when you're stuck in the protection algorithm program what did i say earlier oh digestion oh immunity oh your 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 basically your ability to use problem solving concentration and memory are all shut down We think money is our issue. Money is just a resource. But where does our real resources take place? Inside your body. And you don't even have the resources within yourself because your resources are stuck used for protection. And it's not until we can heal ourselves and get our resources back and stop looking for stuff outside of us to come help us and heal us and save us That we will become the one. That's the message. Y'all do know a black woman wrote the matrix, don't you? Again, Jesus said, even at least amongst you will do greater than me. So why we keep looking for stuff outside of us to help us? Yes, things outside of us will come to support us for sure. They they will. They, they, They happen all the time. I've been supported my whole life. But the support is worthless if I'm not seeking, if I'm not accepting. Because if you have a closed fist, my fist is closed right now. If I have a closed fist, this is protection. You can fight, you can defend, but you can't give, nor can you receive. It's not until you come out of protection and come into growth that you can give and you can receive. And if you look at our community, if you look at our community, there's a big argument going on right now. It's the Kevin Samuels and it's the, it's the, uh, the you know, wh- whoever else is in this argument about men and women, black men and women. And, and, you know, the women don't feel safe and the men don't feel appreciated. And the men feel like the women are uh, masculine. And the women feel like the, the, the men are feminine, right? Like the, these arguments are going on. And the truth is, we' both sides is jacked up. We are messed up mentally, emotionally. So as a man, and as a human and as just a person who sees that, my responsibility is to put my oxygen mask on first and do my own healing work. And as I do that, and as I continue to do that, I mentor men and I've mentored women. I've mentored young women. I've mentored women my age. I can be a friend to women without actually having to need anything from them sexually or romantically. Why? Because I have my consciousness. When you stuck in a protection algorithm program, you're at the baseline. You're at the you talking about Abraham Haslow's hierarchy of me, need, you at the lowest level. You are you're at primal. You're at the primal level and we talking about Aliens and intelligent beings coming to talk to us and stuff like that. They won't come talk to us because we're not intelligent. We're at the primal level. We're worried. We still have these conversations ongoing about what other people choosing to do with their life. If you look at look at social, social media and look at all the, the, uh, the gossip and all that stuff like, oh, so-and-so put their body parts in so-and-so's body parts. Yo, we are so low level in our thinking. We are so base level, and that has to do again. Go back into your childhood. Go, go, go there. You're going to see what, what, the things that happened to you. And guess what? That, I'm, not, I'm not being critical of you. We have to have empathy and understand why we're there. Because we've had some messed up shit happen to us as, as, as human beings. And I'm sorry that that's happened to us. I'm sorry that our people were abused and raped and all these other horrific things. But the truth still remains the same. In order to move from post-traumatic stress, we have to do the work, the internal work. We need to seek out therapists. We need to start to take out all the toxicity in our environments. I'm talking about from... Stuff we put in our bodies, stuff we put onto our bodies. We have to reduce the stimulus and we have to start seeking within ourselves to tap into that kingdom to know that we are the one. We are the one that we've been waiting for. I mean, is that heresy coming from a Christian perspective? That's new agey. That don't sound like the Bible. Yeah, we sing Jesus in me is a Jesus in you or uh, where is Jesus at? He's in the inside of me. So why are you seeking outside of you then? If that's your truth, then why are you seeking outside of you? The kingdom of heaven is within. Again, what did I say about your body? Think about how much your body does just to protect you and to keep you alive Is doing the bulk of the work, and all, and we don't even support it. We destroy it. This is the temple, right? And we destroy the temple, but yet we go build external buildings. We we put these big, large buildings into our communities, and people don't even know how to use the vessel. People don't even know how to really uh, create and to manifest and to be on purpose, get in purpose. Everybody's purpose is you know, inside of them. But the thing that blocks you from your purpose is what? Your protection. So that's, that's, that's the whole movie, The Matrix. That's, that's what we're talking about here. And that's why I built Inception. I built it first for me. I'm telling you, I'm doing the work. That don't, and that doesn't mean that I don't have anxiety or I don't, I don't experience anxiety or depression or sadness or grief. Like, there's a, here's another quote from Dr. Gabor Mate. No society can understand itself without looking at its shadow side. Our biggest issue as a culture is that we want to hide our, uh, you know, horrific side of us. We all have it. We're all a hero and a villain to somebody. We've all villainized somebody. We've all been a hero to somebody. And in, in, in life you're gonna to lose too, like, and you're gonna fail. Like this idea, I mean, you, from the time you go to school as a kid, you're conditioned that oh, I don't want to raise my hand because if I if I raise my hand, I get the, the the problem wrong. Then I'm going to be made fun of and criticized. So then what happens? The protection algorithm program kicks on. So you never decide to raise your hand because you got a, you got a problem wrong once. And now that you got the problem wrong once, you will never want to feel wrong again or corrected again or embarrassed again. That's why a lot of people, y'all come onto the YouTube channel and you'll go in the comments in everybody's YouTube channel, you'll go into the comments and you'll talk shit and you'll, you know, make fun of and all these different things. But where your YouTube channel at? Where are you at on camera? Oh, you just hiding behind a keyboard because you because maybe again, maybe you were that person who got the questions wrong. And all you want to do is inflict pain because pain was inflicted upon you. And I understand that doesn't make it right. That's the thing about life. That's the thing about empathy. Understand that we are, if if we just have empathy for each other and understand why we why we're in pain. Understand why we're projecting and inflicting pain on each other. It doesn't make it right just because you, you understand it. It just gives us a the ability to understand. Like, man, that's I, I see why you're doing that. And that understanding for that person creates change for that person. But see, you can't you can't give empathy. When you ain't doing the work, you know, you got to do the work. You got to. And it's not just inception. Like I said, there's a lot of different tools to doing the work. But you do the work so that you can live life and have it more abundantly. Because where is the abundance takes place? The abundance only takes place on the inside of you. The abundance is not outside of you. Think about this. Think about air. Air is free. Have you ever had to go and pay for air? Have you ever been without air other than when you put your head underwater to go swimming? It's an abundance. And your body is constantly processing that to keep you alive. Like our bodies, man, like it's it's amazing when you when you actually get down to being in a state of bewilderment and just awe at what it takes just to keep me sitting upright just to be able to t- take a thought and actually vocalize it and hear my voice. That's, that's amazing. And these, this is the vessels that we live in, but we've, We've, you know what, we've lost sight of the, the miracle that we are. We lost sight of the miracle that we are. And now we're caught in a capitalistic system where oh, and the miracle is uh, you got a Bentley. Ooh, look at this piece of machinery I'm riding around in. And you know, all those things are cool. I, listen, I, I, I like to look at people's creations, but I'm not, I'm not attached to those things. Like, they really mean something. Because once you have health challenges and you've overcome health challenges, none of that stuff really even matters to you like that. Look, man, I can wear, I can wear a, a hoodie and some jeans every day if I want to. Like it, it all those brands and stuff, brand only means conditioning and only means programming. So when you wake up from that matrix, you're like, it, it, it's not that deep. I remember my dad used to say when I was younger, man, you don't need a no car like that, you don't need to get, get from point A to point B. It's like that is so true. That's why we've been getting lifts and Ubers now. It's like, look, just get here. I will say though that the uh, the luxury lift drivers actually drive better than the uh, than the non lift drivers who have regular cars. That's been my experience. Uh, but the thing is, we we're just trying to get from point A to point B. We're just trying to get the job done. And we're just trying to, the the, the job that we're really trying to get done, this is the ultimate job that we're trying to get done right here. We're trying to feel better. And many of us think that the external things is how we feel better. I'll sit now, and the pandemic has really helped me get even more space, is I'll just sit with my feelings. I'll acknowledge them. Like whether it's, oh, I'm sad right now. Like, okay, what's that about? Don't judge it. What, what is that what is that sadness about that I'm feeling? Oh, you're feeling sad about this. Okay, cool. I'm feeling sad about that. So I sit in that sadness. I'm, I'm okay with that sadness. I'm feeling depressed about this. Oh, I'm, a, I'm okay with that depression. Because the moment that I become okay with it, it kind of starts to dissipate because I'm acknowledging it. I'm acknowledging it and allowing it to be versus criticizing it and making myself feel ver- worse about having human emotion. That's why you're on this planet. Without without this suit that you live in, I'm talking about your body, you wouldn't have any emotion. You ever seen that movie Soul? That's a, that 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 movie Soul is a is a good representation of what I'm talking about. It was Jamie Foxx on Disney Plus. That. In order to feel in this life and experience, you have to have a body. And your body is the thing that gives you the fullness of life. Because it is life. That body is life. So in awakening from the trauma matrix, you have to become in tune back to the vessel that you live in. Maximize it. Get the best out of it. Like, literally, we don't even put, we don't spend money on ourselves. We, we spend money on external stuff to give us a quick little, ooh, little dopamine hit, you know. And this new matrix that's been created, which is the Internet, that, that is a synthetic version of living and life. But the true version is in the avatar that you already inhabit and live in. So, in closing, I'm, I, I only went through one, one piece of this, which was back to the story of the oracle and went down my whole journey. And, and there's, one, there's one part of this, too, that's very important. After I, I, I end up leaving the second church, I think I was 24, 25. I sat down at the kitchen table with my mother and she said, "Um, so after experiencing these two churches and going through those things with these two churches and leaving these churches, why do you think you attracted this scenario multiple times? And I said, um, I said, because I was seeking something outside of myself, and I, I felt like I needed leadership and validation. I needed somebody to validate me. I said that at 24. And when I said that statement, and when I came to that awareness and understanding, that was the lesson that I needed to learn my, my life started to, to go in a different way. And, and even after I made that statement, oh my God, I had to, I still had, I had the residual effects of the trauma. And three years later, or maybe two, two years later, I was 25. I was 25 when it happened. So two years later, I had moved back to, to Michigan. I was living in South Florida, which was, which was another shocker to my system, right? Then my mother and father were going through a, a divorce. So that was more trauma. Like, that was more, even, in, even if you're older and your parents go through divorce, oh, that's still a big change. And I didn't even understand that at that time. So even though I had an understanding of myself, of the seeking validation, I still had to do like Neo. I still had to go on a journey. I still had to use the rest of the, the experiences that I was experiencing to keep building me up and turning me inward to see that, nope, I'm the one. And feel good about that. And not, not you know, play small. Playing it small. Oh, no, nah, I just, no. Look, we, having an ego is healthy. Not having an overinflated ego because those overinflated egos, these people who always want to tell you everything so great about what they're doing and what they got going on is one person in particular that I'm talking about right now that I know. And, 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 it's, and it's all lies, too. They're going around defrauding people, telling everybody and that, you know, everything that they're doing is not even true. You Have you, have, have you ever been around pathological liars? Like these are the type of people who one who was in, even in the church with us at a when I'm 21. These are people who are around us. This is how I'm able to see those patterns. Like why they why are they building themselves up to be so grandiose like that? You know why are they feel the need to just come out and tell you everything that they're doing? I, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Oh no 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 no. It's like oh, I see. Because you're so empty, and and that emptiness. You have to try to make up for it. That's what that is. People trying to overcompensate for what what they're deficient in. And so I had to become healthy within myself, get a good healthy ego within myself, understand my centerhood, my sainthood, Be okay with it, you know, that lightness, that darkness. Be okay with the emotions. I cry. I've experienced emotion. I'm sad. I'm depressed. I'm anxious. I'm angry. You know, all of those different emotions, that's great. That's what we're here for. But the moment that you keep trying to block them, block those emotions, they will persist in your body, and they will cause all type of health issues People don't understand that they're, you know, oh that uh that chronic back pain you got. You don't even know those are those those are definitely can be emotional issues. Because the issues again we say issues are in the tissues. So that that conversation with my mom that that led me upon that journey understanding that nope I attracted those situations and and in closing you're going to understand that the. Until you move, it's like playing a video game. You're going to keep getting the same scenario over and over and over until you learn the lesson. Like, how did I just go to one church to the next and experience the, damn, the same damn thing almost? How? It's because I didn't learn the lesson. Now after I've learned the lesson, I can integrate that lesson I can process it. I can integrate it, and now I move from post-traumatic stress to post-traumatic growth. Now I'm back into social engagement. Now I'm out of the protection algorithm program, and now I'm into the life of growth. And that's the whole point of becoming and understanding—not even becoming—understanding that you are ready. Were the one you always were. The one soon as you came through your mother's womb and you made it. You were whole and complete. You were the one. But life degeniuses us because we're all geniuses, as Wayne Dyer says, but life has degeniused you. And the only way to get back to that level of ge- genius is by stripping away all the conditioning and the programming and the, the algorithm program to deactivate it to get back to you. And once you get back to you, then you experience life abundantly. All right, guys. Till next time.
0: You've been listening to the Wealth Podcast on EYL. Get out of the the matrix. Theme song produced by Be Ready for West Coast Creations. I am Raz Cass. reminding you to take action. Be proactive. Be congruent. Get out of the matrix. Get your mind right. We've automated mental health at Inception. Join the movement. Hey. La la la. Inner wealth podcast. La la la. Inner wealth podcast. La la la. Inner wealth podcast. In the
1: Sick of being upsold at gyms?